Hello and welcome to a Thursday, February 16th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. As always, I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and I am joined by my guy, Kenny, as we go through the final slate before we get a little bit of a break about uh, what a week or so with the All-Star weekend coming up. And a three-game slate is what is gracing us with its presence as we look into the last couple of games over here with the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Bulls. You got the Wizards taking on the, the Timberwolves, the Clippers taking on the Suns. A couple of teams on back-to-back, a lot of questionable players, and we're going to be jumping right into that. But before we do, as always, get yourself onto sportsethos.com and get subscribed with that Sports Ethos DFS Pass so that you can get yourself access to the Discord where you can ask the pros all the way up until lineup lock to see just where those questionable players, those changes, those last-minute ins and outs can make that difference on your lineup itself. And you get access to our DFS delivery as well as all of the other great content that we have on the Sports Ethos website to really give you that edge as far as fantasy is concerned. So, Kenny, we're looking at three games here. Last little slate. How are things going on your end? And how are you feeling going into the All-Star break? Ah, man, feeling pretty good going into the All-Star break. And props treated me pretty well tonight with the exception of J-Val coming out when he was too short of PRA. Mm. But can't complain about it. Got a little bit of all-star break of profit today. How about yourself? Yeah, can't complain. I was uh, didn't get to do too many props today on, on this one, but uh night before did pretty well as far as DFS itself was concerned. Drew Holiday came through big for me. Was uh, pretty happy putting that pick out there as well as the Derek White one. So I'm hoping the listeners were able to benefit from that as well, but uh, ended up with a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent return on that side. But let's jump right into the games itself. The first one is Milwaukee going in to Chicago to take on the Bulls. The Bulls who are sitting on a back-to-back over here going in with their major injury report being DeMar DeRozan, who didn't play on this Wednesday game, although the Bulls coach Billy Donovan did say that there's a chance that DeMar could end up suiting up for the Bucks game here, but he is currently listed as questionable. While on the Milwaukee end over here, we do have Giannis, who's listed as probable to be able to play this game. He was coming in kind of half questionable on the previous Boston game as well and ended up playing 46 minutes in an overtime win for the Bucks, where had a pretty big comeback as well. Outside of that, the regular uh, outs of Bobby Portis continues to be the case. Uh, Pat Connaughton is also not going to be playing, and also neither is Jay Crowder, who's still kind of going through his uh, ramp-up process and everything else before he finally gets himself on the floor. So... As far as I'm concerned, on the Milwaukee side over here, I'm really happy to let uh, some of that gravy train continue to run. I had mentioned Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, both those guys as being uh, candidates to have pretty good matchups over there. We don't have a total for this game just as of yet, but the reality is Chicago hasn't been the greatest in terms of being able to defend uh, some of these guards that are going there. And especially Chris Middleton sitting at that 5,500, even though he's still playing around kind of the mid-20s as far as his minutes are concerned, is really starting to see his offense come around and the rest of his game kind of get back to the normal level of Chris Middleton that we have seen. So he's gotten two games straight here where he's had mid-30s as far as DK points are concerned. Uh, three out of the, uh, Four out of the last five games in which he's had 28 or more, which would be great for his current value over there. So I'm really liking him to be able to get somewhere between 5.5 to 6x for his value, and I'll continue to write that at that small forward. And then Drew Holiday just 
continues to show just how important he is to the offensive needs of the Milwaukee Bucks at this point. Obviously, he's been on an absolute tear coming in the last game, ended up dropping 64 DK points in that one. But overall, for the month of February, he's been shooting somewhere close to 55% from the field, has been getting shots in the mid to high teens as far as his field goal attempts are concerned, and the rest of his stats, including his steals, just continue to be at or above his season average up till now. So just a lot to like to have him somewhere in the 40s as far as DK points are concerned, and those are kind of going to be the, the major guys there. What about your side there? Um, for me, I was just looking at adding in a couple cheapies from uh, both sides on this game into my GPP lineups. When it comes to Chicago, Kobe White been getting some pretty decent minutes. And as always, if Kobe White able to get a shot falling, you could look at a upside of 2025 20, DK points for 4-1. So that would be the one Chicago player I'll be looking at, especially if you hear news about Zach Levine being out as well as DeRozan. Then on the Milwaukee side, I really just only have interest in um, guys who are actually under 4K, which is um, Grayson Allen and Joe Ingles. Um, when it comes to Ingles, he's been playing a pretty pretty decent role off the bench, getting about 24 to 30 minutes per game. And his floor can be about mm, seven fantasy points, but he does have a ceiling of 30 points. When it comes to Grayson Allen, if he gets his shot falling, and especially if there's a couple late scratches going into this game, he could see a potential of getting about 10 shot attempts. And whenever Grayson Allen get 10 shot attempts, that usually gets you 20 DraftKings points. Yeah, it's completely fair. And uh, I like that uh, Kobe White one especially is who I was looking at on the Chicago side as well. And obviously from his night tonight, people are likely going to be uh, looking to jump in on that play. 33 minutes, ended up dropping 25 real points on uh on a pretty, pretty solid shooting night for him, 9 of 12 there. But we'll have to see, as you said, with regards to DeMar and even Zach Levine on a back-to-back, what that ends up looking like. Because if that's the case, then I may have some interest in in Ayo Dosunmu as well. Ended up having a 15-4 and 5 night here. Played 42 minutes in the night where DeMar did end up sitting out, which, I mean, his minutes total has always been pretty, uh, pretty consistently high. It's just whether he gets the uh, shot attempts and the actual usage to go with it. And we did see that tonight in the uh, in the... Uh, in the game against the Pacers. We'll see if that uh, continues on for the next one. Let's move on to the Washington Wizards and the Minnesota Timberwolves one. The one we do have a spread for, a 235.5 game, which is the highest that I'm seeing so far for the night overall, with the Minnesota Timberwolves being favored to win by three over here. As far as injuries are concerned, uh, the Washington Wizards are pretty good to go over there. It's really on the Minnesota side where we have a couple of uh, questionable tags being put up there. First and foremost, Rudy Gobert, who came off a very solid night against the Dallas Mavericks in that big win for the Timberwolves, is questionable with a growing strain, so we'll see if he is able to get himself out on the floor. And same thing with uh, Kyle Anderson, who's also questionable with his back and ended up playing about 24 minutes in the last game, had a solid night there as well. But that does open up a little bit of a rotation space there. Uh, I'm going to start with the uh, with the Minnesota side here. In terms of where I'm uh, potentially looking, uh, we're talking about uh, value picks that are potential here. Uh, both Nas Reed and Jaden McDaniels are going to be ones that uh, I'll be keeping an eye out for if especially Rudy Gobert's news does turn out to be you know, him being out. Uh, we see Nas Reed anytime he gets anywhere close to kind of the mid to high 20s, if not early 30s as minutes is concerned, he will end up having a pretty decent night for his uh, his salary. The last time he got to start with Gobert out was in that Warriors game where he dropped 
a monster 52 DK point night, which obviously we're not expecting on a regular basis, but I'm more of the, of the mindset that he should be able to get anywhere between 25 to 30 DK points. If he can be your starter on the night and likely to be a pretty popular pick there. And uh, same kind of situation goes with Jaden McDaniels as well. For him, it's all about uh, his minutes and usage that comes with it. He's kind of been hovering around that uh, mid twenties for a good period of the, uh, the month of February here, but in the last game against Dallas, again, with uh, him getting more of that uh, opportunity to be able to shoot a little bit more, uh, got up eight shots in that, including three three-point attempts, and the rest of the stat line often helps, ends up working out. So he has a pretty decent floor to be able to kind of be in the low to mid-20s as well. But that's uh, kind of the major areas I'm looking at. I wouldn't fault you for taking Anthony Edwards, but it's probably not where I'm looking as far as my uh, expensive picks will be today. Wow, uh, that's kind of funny because I'm actually on the opposite side when it comes to Edwards. Mm. He's actually going to be probably one of the spins up I'm going to be using in my cash game lineups because I feel like out of all these players on this slate, he would have the safest floor. And especially if Rudy is out, I feel like that floor just going to open up a little bit more with a few more rebounds added in there and possibly a few more shot attempts as well. Um, when it comes to cheat picks, I'm... I'm basically looking at the same route as you on the Minnesota side. I do have a lot of interest in Naz Reed if Rudy Gobert is out. And outside of that, I do have interest in Mike Conley if Rudy Gobert is in. I like it. Well, yeah, I was looking at Anthony Edwards. Just as you said, the, the floor is there. I just kind of get a, a little bit antsy when it's only him having to do all of the uh, all the heavy lifting on offense. And then I'm worried about the game actually ending up being something uh, not as close as the uh, spread otherwise suggests. But on the other hand, on the Washington side, that is actually where I'm looking to potentially spend up on here because Porzingis just continues to be a guy who's just not let me down for a good bit of pretty much in February, I'd say in 80% of my lineups with Washington playing, I've had uh, Christoph Porzingis in there, and he just continues to be playing at an incredibly high level for the entire month of uh, February so far. And I'm surprised we haven't seen his price tag jump into the 10,000s. And in fact, he's actually seen his uh, price drop over here from the 9,900 that it was in the uh, previous slate with him all the way down to 92. So I definitely like him. He's probably one of my favorite uh, spend-ups on this lineup as well. And that power forward center eligibility gives you that versatility to be able to go ahead and uh, get him involved. And then it's really how high you're feeling on, on the Kyle Kuzma side of things. Obviously coming off a monster game in that Portland one, if, uh, if he's going to have the opportunity to be able to go up against a lineup where he can just continue to shoot out from outside because without Rudy Gobert there, they're going to be playing a lot more small ball. He's going to get more of the shot opportunities, less uh, to worry about if he's getting down into the paint as well. He should be able to put up anywhere between uh, 25 to uh, 30 real points on the night over here. So it's really just the rest of his kind of stat line that needs to uh, end up playing out there. So. Probably the two main areas that I'm looking at as far as Washington's concerned, if you have anyone that you like on your side. Yeah, when it comes to Washington, I will be looking at Bradley Bill for my cash games. In the past, well, month of February, he's been looking more like the old Bradley Bill. Um, you didn't have this huge 30-point, 40-point game out of him yet, but he has been shooting the ball at least 15 times each game this month. So he's going to be my cash game pick for 7-7. Then for my GPP pick, I feel like this player is going to be off of a few players' radars, and that's going to be um, Kendrick Nunn. Um, his price tag is only 3-3, and it seemed like he's 
eating into um, Cody's minutes on this team and in the rotation. And the past two games he played for Washington, he put up double-digit numbers. So I can only really see his minutes going up. Yeah, that's fair. He's played, what, 22 and 29 minutes in the two games. He had a bit of a a dud in that uh, Portland game where I did think that he was going to do something for his 3600 price tag, but unfortunately only ended up playing about 14 minutes. But hopefully he can go ahead and right the ship on that one and put up a couple of numbers because we know Kendrick Nunn can be pretty hot on offense if he can get just a couple of shots going. Last game of the night is going to be your LA Clippers taking on the Phoenix Suns, a 224 total. Phoenix Suns favored to win by one. So definitely a toss-up as far as the uh, Vegas spreads are concerned over here. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and get started with the uh, with the Clippers side of things. Uh, who are you looking at for this matchup here? Uh, for this matchup, my favorite spend-up is actually going to be Paul George. Um, I would use Kwai in GPPs, but I really think his upside isn't really going to be there in this matchup. Um, I know a lot of people going to flock on him since he had this um, incredible playoff vintage quiet game against Golden State the other night, but I really don't see him bouncing back doing that since if he's been paying attention to quiet when he has an outstanding game, he become normal quiet again, or Ty Lue just don't give him the minutes. Um, for my cheap plays, on the Clipper side, there's only one person that I actually do have interest in, and that's Eric Gordon for 4-7. His first game with the Clippers was the other night, and it seemed like the role that he's going to fill in for is probably like a higher-minute version of um, Luke, who's he actually replacing in the lineup. Outside of that, I don't feel too comfortable with any of the Clippers on the board in this matchup. Yeah, well, with uh, with Norman Powell already stated to be out for this game with the rest, I was actually thinking of uh, of Bones Highland as well getting an opportunity to play a little bit more than he got in that uh, in that previous game. Uh, put up, uh, you know, played 16 minutes. Put up, uh, you know, unfortunately got five fouls really quickly. I was hoping that he'd be able to play kind of mid 20s as far as uh, his minutes are concerned. But I'm expecting that he's going to start to be a, a little bit more used for uh, what the Clippers are looking at. So at 3,700, I do like him and his uh, upside as far as GPPs are concerned. And I'm kind of with you on the, on the Kawhi side, just the way that some of these lineups are working out, I probably will end up having a little bit of exposure to him, but I just don't necessarily uh, see myself kind of flocking to him when on the Phoenix side, I actually do prefer, you know, being able to spend up a little bit more on a, on a Deandre Ayton, for instance, have him as uh, as my other center uh, in alongside uh, if Gobert's out, then I'll probably have Nas Reed there. So it gives me the opportunity to be able to do that. And then since Porzingis kind of fits into my uh, kind of power forward side of things, it just ends up working out. Aiton himself is just absolutely loving life. As far as uh, February is concerned, he's just been on an absolute tear. Well, what really just is eye-opening is the amount of field goal attempts that he's been getting very consistently up until now. So we had kind of seen him fluctuate between uh, single digits and double digits as far as field goal attempts are concerned, but now that seems to be very much cleared up. He's getting anywhere between 15 to 18 shots a game, and he has been just cleaning up on the glass as well with uh, double-digit rebounds in every game in uh, in February outside of uh, the one game against Atlanta, where he still ended up giving you a pretty safe floor. So 8300 to me is a pretty safe price for where DeAndre Eaton is, uh, giving you the uh, upside to be able to drop uh, 50 on a night where you know he's going to get more of that chance to go up against the bigger lineup that the Clippers are you know, boundlessly going to throw out with uh, both Plumlee and Zubats being there as well. So we'll see how that goes. 
And then the other side that I'm liking is Josh Okogie, who is now played north of 30 minutes for each of those games in February, clearly kind of taken over that uh, Mikael Bridges role up until Kevin Durant happens to uh, get himself wrapped up and, and back into the game. We've often seen him have pretty decent uh, upside as far as the defensive stats and uh, being able to get a pretty sneaky amount of rebounds for a guard. But it's the fact that he's getting double-digit field goal attempts in that time that's really uh, opened up his uh, his scoring and his overall upside there. So probably my favorite value plays of the night over there sitting at that 4900 price tag. But let's see how that goes. Um, I'm actually looking at this game a little bit different. I do feel like Aiden's going to be chalk, but I'm really not looking going that route. I feel like for my cash game, I feel a little safer going with Chris Paul. Since during the past five games, Chris Paul been playing like um, he's 27 again. Um, I think the lowest DraftKings points night he got was 30 points, and his ceiling was actually almost 60. Then for my GPPs, I will be looking at Devin Booker. Um, reason I will be doing that is the Clippers are notorious for giving up threes in the month of February. I want to say we gave up um, the third most amount of threes in the league in the month of February. And speaking of that, there's two three-point shooters that I do like. You already mentioned one in a Koji, but I feel like Damian Lee might be a sneaky um, GPP play for 3-4. Typically, when he's out there, he's going to get about five to seven three-pointer attempts in about 20 minutes. And if he can connect on three of those, that's going to be a nice little boost for 3-4. I like it. Yeah, those threes are obviously a good place to be able to look as far as this matchup's concerned. And I expect that it will be a pretty high-octane one. So let's see how that ends up going. But that brings us to the end of our three games. They said all-star break coming up. But just before we get into that... Last thing, as always, is to look at our Thrive Fantasy side of uh, side of the ball. And there's a couple of things that I had um, on here that I was potentially looking at. Now, obviously, we don't know what uh, the situation is going to be as far as Zach Levine is concerned. But if he does end up playing, I actually do like him to be able to go over 24.5 points on here because I have a sneaky feeling that they're going to decide to rest DeMar leading into the All-Star game. I know the coaches said that he might be ending up suiting up over there, but if Levine is playing and DeMar is not... That 24 and a half looks good as far as that over is concerned. And on the other side, I know you were talking about uh, Devin Booker here, but for me, it's uh, a little bit of a hedge given the fact that he's still on a kind of soft minutes restriction. I don't think he's going to be passing 30 minutes on there. So for that 35 and a half points, rebounds and assists total, I do like taking the under on that one for 95 points as well. See how that uh, ends up working out and taking a little bit of a uh, hope that I can fade Booker and not be uh, kicked in the pants for it. <laughs> yeah, for me, there's only um, two Thrive plays I really like. Um, first one is actually Anthony Edwards over 7.5 rebounds and assists. I would like it even more if we find out that Rudy Gobert is, in fact, out. And the second play that I actually like was DeAndre Ayton less under 21.5 total points. All Reason right. behind oh. Now, reason behind that is pretty simple. Um, Aiden, he was able to produce points in the month of February, but he hasn't really been going to the line. And his avoidance to get to the line is going to really hinder his chances to score against the Clippers, since typically big men only really get big games on us when it comes to points, if they're able to get to the line. 
All right. Well, you heard it here. So let's see how that ends up working out. I'm obviously hoping for something else as far as Aiton's concerned. And that uh, 120 was going to be my like stretch pick to be able to see if I can get something juicy on here if he drops a 22 plus point night. But that brings us to the end of that. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at HRK underscore devil, where you can tell me what you're thinking as far as uh, DeAndre Aiden's concerned and whether we're going to be seeing a big night from him and also who your uh, spend ups are. So definitely reach out to me on DMs. And Kenny, as always, where can the people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at OrangeDFS. You can also find me on YouTube at TikTok as well. I'm always talking about basketball from NBA to EuroLeague to ABL to WNBA to college basketball. I'm always down to talk ball. Love it. Love it. Well, that will bring us to a little bit of a break as far as our all-star side is concerned. But of course... The weekend itself is going to be fun. Looking forward to uh, the draft happening right on the game night itself. I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. I was actually hoping they'd be doing that up until now, so my wish finally got granted. But let's go ahead, kill some of these GPPs, go into the break on a high. And until then, make sure to get yourself onto sportsethos.com, get yourself subscribed to that DFS pass, and we will catch you on the next one. <laughs>